0: Welcome to Imagine Me and Utana, a revolutionary girl Utana podcast. I am Panda. I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host Alice. How you doing, Alice? I'm
1: doing pretty alright. Been a tumultuous week.
0: <laughs> Today we are here to talk to a new friend of ours, Terry. How you doing, Terry?
2: I'm doing okay. How about you too? i
0: I'm doing great. Good. I don't speak for Alice. <laughs> today we are here to talk to terry because it's my show and i get to do what i want and i like to talk to people who like to talk about revolutionary girl utina and terry has been a fan of revolutionary girl utina since the 90s i believe you said in some of our correspondence mm-hmm. to start off because we do have to start off with a few questions sure. who's your favorite character
2: i uh, naturally it would be Utena and Anthy. But after those two, Nanami.
0: Nice. Good choices. I love a an anime fan. What is your history with Revolutionary Girl Utena? How did you get into it?
2: Uh, oh, way back when. I might date myself a little bit. Um, my dad, my sister, and I, we were in a blockbuster. And it was back when they had VHS tapes. And my dad and I were in the anime aisle. And I was I went there every week. And I was booking, and they had a new VHS tape. And it was the first Utana one, and it had her on the front cover, kind of doing a pose, holding her sword with pink hair. And I think I was going to pass it up. And then I can't remember if it was me or my dad that picked up the cover. And one of us said, oh, it's from the director of Sailor Moon. It had it in big, bold print at the top. Um, So then we rented it, really liked it. I think it had the first five episodes ish on it. Um, it at least covered, t- I think, all the way to Curry High Trip or whatever that episode is where they make the exploding curry.
0: Yeah, that one's it.
2: It might have been an episode or two after that. I can't quite remember which one was on what VHS tape, but yeah.
0: That's fun. I think we've had we've had several people on the show who have all spoke of finding coming across a VHS tape with Utana on it that said from the director of Sailor Moon. I guess they really pushed that in the advertising. But given the popularity of Sailor Moon, I would.
1: Mm-hmm. Didn't one of the uh, girls from? Oh gosh, I think it was either Gio or Yasha said that they saw that maybe. I don't. I feel like I feel like three or four people have said that exact, like almost literally, that exact same story.
0: Well, some for some people, it's the movie, I believe. But Mm. yeah, like a lot of people say that they the one of their first experiences is coming across a VHS tape emblazoned with the words from the director of Sailor Moon. It's so funny. Mm. I guess if I were them, I would capitalize on that, given uh, Sailor Moon's popularity. Yeah, it makes
2: sense. And I think in the 90s, Sailor Moon was kind of one of them that really kicked
1: off anime.
0: Especially over here.
1: I mean, yeah, like that, that was one of the big ones. It was like Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z were kind of the, at least, at least from my cohort, were sort of the anime staples. Everything else flowed out from them. They were mm-hmm. they were able to sell that stuff because it was like one of them. Well, and Pokemon. We, I, I don't, I'm not sure how much people really register Pokemon as being anime. It was just like, a, it was a whole like thing, you know?
0: Yeah, Pokemon somehow like doesn't register as an anime for a lot of people because it's so ubiquitous with childhood, I guess. But yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Terry, why don't you tell us a little bit about the like becoming a fan of Utena in the 90s because Alice and I were born in the 90s, so we don't know anything oh, about man. that.
2: I know, oh, we're babies. But, yeah. Do you mind if I ask how old you two are, or no?
0: I'm 25.
2: Okay.
1: I will be 27 this
2: year. Okay, not bad. I'll be 33 next month, but... So, w- we rented the VHS the tape from Blockbuster, and I don't think they got any more Utina tapes then, but we had a local comic book store, and when sailor moon went off the air when they quit dubbing it kind of like in the middle of the r arc or mm-hmm. dark moon or whatever um they were getting in bootleg vhs tapes of sailor moon and then we like i would go there every week kind of buy whatever i could find of anime like sailor moon card capture sakura um whatever kind of whatever it was like that magical girl type genre um And then eventually the comic book story got a set of the Utena VHS tapes, which contained the first 13 or 14 or 15 episodes. Wherever they quit dubbing it, it contained that entire set. And it came with like a sticker sheet, too. Well, then my dad bought that. We, Oh, yeah. Actually, I can take a picture of it and send it to you when we're done. Um, Oh,
0: excellent. Yes, please. yeah,
2: Yeah, I kept it in a scrapbook I made back when. I'm, like, untouched and everything. But, um, yeah, so there was that. And then, like, just kind of no more episodes were coming out. But I think maybe, oh, um, so I, I ran into know like, 99, 2000. Um, I think right around in 2000 was the year, too, uh, the comic book store started getting more varieties of bootleg VHS tapes and they I picked up Utna 14 through like 18 whatever the continuing four or five episodes after that box set that came out it had Mm -hmm. that on it so I seen the beginning of the Black Rose arc and then we picked up the movie and I remember when we bought the movie the store owners said like yeah that movie's kind of weird it might give you <laughs> nightmares it's kind of like what dreams are made of and i was just thinking oh, okay um i, I love watch. that as
0: a descriptor of the oats in a movie
2: <laughs> i mean it yeah. works
1: it works as a descriptor
2: it, it does like being maybe oh i might have been 14 15 ish at that point um maybe even 16 but i don't I think I would have been 16 yet um, We bought the tape and watched it I, I didn't think much of it Because Utana was kind of odd And out there Like kind of magical But not really making any sense But in a way it kind of did But you didn't really question it either
0: Did you watch Did you say that you saw the movie Before or after you had finished the series?
2: Oh um, Well I didn't quite it. Totally finished the series. Um, we got like at the beginning of the Black Rose arc. I want to say we mm-hmm. bought the movie after that. And then my dad bought the VHS tape that contained episodes 38 and 39. So I kind of... Oh, wow. Yeah, I kind of seen it all over. And I remember watching 38 and 39 for the first time. And it was just kind of like, okay... It was kind of weird that Anthony stabbed Utena. Um, But, like, I, I didn't really question it too much because Utana didn't really make too much sense either. So I'm just like, oh, okay, kind of cool. And the ending is kind of fun and uplifting with the music and Anthony walking away. Um, and then at the time, too, I bought two... Soundtracks from the TV series from the comic book store, and they had the um the movie soundtrack. So I bought them, and then An America was out around that time too, and they had Utina or Anthony and Utina on one front cover. Actually, no, I think both. One was an anime image, and the other one I picked up was a manga image. I know they came out with more in mm-hmm. between or after,
1: but I only picked up those two.
0: I've heard of An America.
1: So yeah. I, I got a comment at this point that like sure. on one hand, the fact that we have the kinds of distribution models and things we have now are, are wonderful because we no longer have to get, we, it's so much easier now to just get a show and to have access to a show. But as much as, and it's awesome. It's really great. I like being able to just have a show and not have to, because I remember getting stuff through blockbuster as well. And like bits and pieces, on the other hand, sometimes I wonder if we've lost something in a human – a bit of, little bit of interesting human experience, the last bits of it, and when we switch over to things like streaming. Because there's so – if, so if you follow me here, this sort of like we, – we get the story a lot of old nerd culture having to put things together. And you're sort of piecing together a, a media property from bootlegs and – imports and whatever and and I've always thought of that in terms of like always thought that in terms of like almost as if you were sort of waiting for the next bard to come through town so you could hear the next part of this like I don't know Mm -hmm. this epic that everybody kind of knows at least a little bit but nobody knows like every part of it Mm -hmm. and I I wonder if that that was kind of the last vestige of that That experience that we've just kind of lost now that we have streaming. I mean, that had to be cool, you know? Like there's had to be something neat about that sort of, I have no idea what's going on because I've gotten this piecemeal, but the fact that there are so many gaps itself is kind of cool. I miss
0: the experience of being able to like walk into a store or a DVD VHS rental place and just sort of come across something so strange that like i would then later many years later uh have forgotten a lot of the main details and be like did i did i dream that did i actually watch a a movie that was like this as a kid or was Mm. this all an elaborate construction of my imagination
2: right well like um when i was in middle and high school we did a lot of kind of just borrowing each other's VHS tapes or DVDs even. They mm-hmm. were kind of just starting to become a thing too. And like I remember going to Blockbuster and only picking up one or two volumes of a random anime without knowing too much about it. Just to see if you liked it. Because the, the internet wasn't really what it is today at all.
1: Absolutely.
2: But even with Sailor Moon, um, my friends and I, we were all swapping VHS tapes trying to fill in gaps. I well, even today I've still never seen the original, the entire original Sailor Moon anime. I've seen all of Crystal. But it's all on Hulu. Oh uh see I don't know if I could go back and rewatch the old <laughs> one.
0: Well they don't have the old dub. All they have is uh the Japanese dub and they have some of the new English dub. <laughs> Right. The
1: old dub uh, lost like tears in the rain. You can, can still
0: find it. It's just should do you do you want to? Shh,
1: tears in the rain?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like even then, I, I like the Crystal better than the original because it, it's so straight to the point, and you don't have all that filler, which I know a lot of people love. Yeah,
0: like that's backstory. because Crystal was based off the manga, which is also much more straightforward and doesn't meander as much as the. 92 anime did but speaking of right. manga have you ever read the Utena manga
2: i did i actually bought um the first volume or w- when flower comics brought it published it in japan um somehow mm. i got a hold of the first issue and the movie issue i think at the time there was a catalog you could order from and like Ooh. send in a check or money order yeah and they mail you whatever you put in the envelope that he mailed off to him. Um, oh, I
1: remember those, well, those days.
2: Huh. Yeah. And then when Borders was around, I bought Utena when it first came out in English, or it was published in English. And I remember, I still have them. The first two volumes, at least, were the normal way we read it. And then somewhere it, they started publishing it from... The Japanese point of view, the way they read it.
1: Oh
0: yeah, there was a period of time where manga distributors would flip pages so that they would read easier to American audiences. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, I kind of remember that now. Like, it didn't last very long. I don't think that they really, I think they did that for a couple years, I feel like. Maybe I'm just making that up, but like, I mean, that stopped pretty quick, because like, it just didn't work. I can't
2: remember the company that did it, but I want to say like after I bought Volumes 1 and 2, maybe even 3, all of a sudden they just switched over. And I remember looking on the manga shelf and I think they republished the first few volumes in the correct order or way you read it or however you want to put it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a re-release of the manga last year maybe the year before time it's an illusion but it was really nice it was in these like hardcover it was like all collected in these two big hardcover volumes that was what we used when we did the manga episodes it's even got the Movie manga in there, but we still have not read it yet. We'll get to that eventually.
2: I it's kind of like the movie, I mean, I hear it's really all over the place. It is. Um, I put it, I I told my boyfriend I wanted it for my birthday, so hopefully, if not, I'll probably get it in a month or two anyway.
0: Well, I hope you get it for your birthday.
2: Oh, me too. Me too. Um, and actually if you want, I can kind of fill in from where I left off to the present real quick. About Yeah, uh, we got distracted like how... in the middle of our question. Sorry about that. I think I helped with it too. But um when I turned sixteen I started driving and I think I told my dad I wanted my license plate to say Utina. And Utina was... Nice. T- t- yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, man, that'd be so cool to drive a car with the plate Utina on the back, like in the cartoon. Um, Utuna was already taken at the time. So my dad got me one that had Utuna space T, and he did it for Utina and Terry. But I told him when he gave it to me, like, oh, did you do it for Utuna Tenjo? And he's like, oh, no, I was thinking Utuna Terry, but it's pretty cool. It came out with her last initial. that's that's
0: really cute that's really sweet
2: i love that i I wish i still had it um
0: that also means that you should have hunted down the person that had the utina tag and become friends
2: i know Uh, i um i don't even know how i would have began to do it back when but but, um like i kind of want to look into it. it in february when i renew my plate and everything to see it that would be available.
0: One of my friends has a sticker that says, "My other car is Utena.
2: Aww, it's really good. <laughs> that was its be, incredibly good. That would be. I wonder if they have like a, if they make decals with a Rose Crest to put on your car.
0: Oh, I'm sure that Rose Crest decals exist. That'd be fun. I don't know if there's like official Rosecrest decals, but you can find a Rosecrest decal, I'm sure.
2: Oh, I'm sure too. So I had the plate and then, oh, actually, I remember, well, in the 90s and early 2000s, anime toys were hard to come by. Pokemon was pretty easy to find in the store. Sailor Moon kind of a little bit. My comic book store imported or somehow they had Japanese stuff there. They had a Utena doll-type figure. It had a cloth jacket, and it came with interchangeable hands and a sword. And I found it back in 2014, and I sold it on eBay, and I wish I went it But I remember that. And then they had an Anthe figure that came with a CD, and I think it came with a little... I YouTube think I feature.
0: have that figure.
2: What's the CD? Is it like a musical CD or...?
0: The CD is actually an audio drama and our friends over at Empty Movement have a, uh, they have like a a transcript of the translation for it. I'll have to, uh, I'll ask them which one it was that came with the anti-disc and I'll see if I can find it so I can send it to you. Uh, I haven't, I haven't read it yet, but I've been meaning to because they have a bunch of those on there. There's so much (laughs) on Empty Movement. There is so much content
2: even begin to dive in. I know. Well, like after hearing those ladies come on your podcast, it's like, Oh God, I've been a long time fan, but I feel like I don't know anything.
0: I'm going to just take a moment. This is not the first time that someone has mentioned before coming on the show that uh, they were intimidated by, Listening to Gio and Yasha's episodes, mm-hmm. please, nobody compare yourselves to Gio and Yasha. They're just crazy and play off of each other and will talk for literally forever until you tell them to stop.
1: So it's maybe, kind of mind boggling. So, honestly, please, nobody
0: feel intimidated that you have to live up to that because, like, you don't. It's fine. Everything's fine. If you come on the show, we're going to have a good time. <laughs> Gio and Yasha have been obsessed with like literally obsessed with this anime for like two decades and Mm -hmm. nobody else could compete with that
1: they've looked like Utsuna almost as long as we've been alive so like they have a lot to talk about
0: this is like their whole this is their whole life (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but
2: yeah anyway so then like that kind of teetered off for a while and I kind of grew up and moved and did other things. And then I think it was in 2014, like maybe November, December, December-ish, or maybe even early 2015, Utuna was on Hulu. And my boyfriend remembered me mentioning Revolutionary Girl Utuna and that I had a license plate that had Utuna on it and all that. And he, he wanted to check it out. I'm like, uh, uh, okay, sure, if you want. So we watched it. He got into it more than me. I had already seen episodes one through like 18-ish. So I kind of didn't pay as much attention. But then I kind of did when we just finished all the way through. And then I think we immediately watched it all over again. I think we watched it entirely two or three times all the way through.
0: That's pretty impressive.
2: It is. And like, I still can't say I really get it. Or that I get, like, if they're trying to convey a message... Or what the case may be. I think part of the early English translation with Revolutionary Girl Utena, that just kind of adds to the charm of it. Because I'm sure there are quite a few things mistranslated and just stuff we don't get.
0: I love the English dub. It's It's kind of bad, but it's so mm. charming because it's so of its era. Mm-hmm.
1: I couldn't listen to it. I tried. It's not that it's awful, it's just, it just felt wrong.
0: (laughs) It often feels a little too silly for something like Utena.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I've watched some of it in Japanese, like, some of it I had to in the beginning, but it's just something about the voice actresses and everything. I I just prefer the English dub.
0: The English dub, honestly, as far as, like, translation goes, it's not that bad like in like when it comes to like getting the point across of what's going on they could probably do some better like phrasing of certain things but like mm-hmm. i also like that the english dub th- occasionally will like throw in its own jokes like nice skirt say hmm it just, yeah. it, it has that charm. I know a lot mm. of people hate it, but that's that's my Utena for me. Like, watching the, ja- I, I only watched the Japanese dub uh, a couple of months ago, maybe. Well, no, it was longer than that. But I had not watched the Japanese dub in full before.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to respect Utena in any capacity when you've never heard her English voice.
0: Stop, that's Misty uh, from Pokemon And we met her and she was very nice
1: Wait uh, What?
0: We met the English voice for Utena
1: I thought we met the English voice for Anthe No I am a fool <laughs> I was about to say it's, it's really more of a, so it's not really about her The problem is that like, when you are used to the Japanese voices You can get this problem where like, everyone sounds More cartoonish in the English because I don't know what what it is about the timbre of their voices and that maybe it's, maybe it's a difference in like approach where like English voice actors are thinking more Western style cartoons. Standard is where I'm coming from. And I don't know what it is, but somehow you lose some gravitas when you switch over, but you don't necessarily when you switch over English to Japanese, usually sometimes you do like, I, I mean, Dragon Ball Z is a lot Easier to, to take seriously in, in the English, I'm gonna be real.
0: I don't think I've ever watched Dragon Ball Z in
1: Japanese. I did until recently and I was like, wait, has Goku always sounded like a like prepubescent child? And apparently yes, he always has sounded like a prepubescent child. That yeah. was that was a startling revelation. It made me distinctly uncomfortable.
0: Uh, Terry, were there anything, uh, was there anything about your second rewatch that when you first, when you first watched it all the way through, uh, on Hulu, was there anything that, like, changed for you, like, as a viewing experience from when you were watching it, like, when you were younger to watching it as an adult?
2: Um, yeah, maybe just a little bit like the, I don't even know if I want to call them. Issues, but just stuff that was kind of brought up. It's like, oh, okay Like I I didn't really catch that or I wouldn't have caught that if I were younger and Like it just the whole incestuous rape thing uh, That definitely Um, Aside from that Like I can't really think of anything in particular That I was like, oh, okay um, yeah, did nothing your, really. Uh,
0: happened. did your favorite character change at all? Like, aside it, from Anthony and Utana, were you always a big Naname fan?
2: No, I couldn't stand her when I, mean, I, I was younger, <laughs> but like, definitely watching it now. Ah, oh, I, I love her. She's just so funny. <laughs> so Yeah, so stupid. It, it's just like you, yeah. bitch. Um, I I don't even know where to begin with her.
0: Yeah, we're gonna do an anime episode <laughs> soon. Somebody sent me an email asking to be the guest on the anime episode, so I'm very excited uh, about that.
2: I can't wait to hear
1: it. She's a lot easier to enjoy when you realize that she's best enjoyed as uh, like as a thing to be amused by, and not so much as a character to like root for for winning or like. Once I was like, Naname is actually really funny. I suddenly liked her. Because she's just delightful. I can enjoy her, like, having weird egg-related episodes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. She's so ignorant. She's kind of like Alice in Wonderland, but not quite. Yeah, kind of.
0: A little bit. She just finds herself in increasingly bizarre situations.
2: Yeah. Um, Oh, and like you guys pointed out, anthony's fucking with her i never picked up on That's that definitely. like oh yeah yeah no uh, like you're right but yeah wa- like watching it all the way through for the first time maybe even the second time it's uh, i didn't get it until you guys mentioned it
0: it's pretty subtle i didn't get it till about my third watch through uh or no, probably second, because the second time I actually watched through all of it was when uh, we did it for this show. And since we were watching it much more closely than I did the previous time, that was when I started to notice that this was all Anthy's doing.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever noticed? Oh, and actually real quick. I think it's funny. How, I did notice this when I watched it all the way through the first time the way they pronounce names changed. I think it's been mentioned a few times before. Like, I I think in the very beginning, they say Nanami. So I call her Nanami, but you say Naname. And that might be what they... Yeah,
0: mean. they often will, they'll switch. They, like, inexplicably, like, sometimes they'll say Nanami and sometimes they'll say me. Sometimes they'll say... It, they started off, I think, saying uh, Himemia and then switched yeah. to Himemia. Like, You're they right. would have some of those weird name changes. I think it was probably because, like, I don't know, maybe they were trying to get closer to the way that it's actually said in Japanese. Because it's definitely mm-hmm. not Himamiya in Japanese.
2: Right. Real quick, I forgot to mention, when I was in the middle and high school, when we were talking about Revolutionary Girl Utena, like a few people I was trying to introduce it to, I was saying Anthe, and they're like, Anthony? I'm like, no, Anthe, like A-N-T-H-Y. It just kind of went over their head for a while.
0: It's not a a common name. I don't know Mm -hmm. that I've ever seen it outside of this.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't help that it's also an anglicization of, uh, wow, I butchered that word real bad, Um, an anglicization of a word that's just, Like, because in the Japanese, they say anchi. Like, I'm I'm saying it wrong, but it's like a shh kind of sound. And so the anthe is like, it's a corruption of a word that already is very foreign to us. So it's like three times removed.
0: Didn't we find out that anthe meant something?
1: I feel like we did. I feel like we've actually found this out multiple times, maybe? And every time it's some kind of, like, yeah, revelation. Yeah, we've probably
0: <laughs> done it a bunch of times, and then we forget each time. I feel
1: Maybe. like we found out what Utena meant, like, three times? Two times.
0: means calyx. I remember that now. And also tower.
2: Mm-hmm. Actually, I've got a question for you guys. I don't, think oh, sure. I don't think anyone's ever mentioned it before. But have you ever noticed Nanami's eyes, the outside of them, do not have white?
1: And all the other characters have white.
0: No, I don't think I have. I'm about to Google Naname Do, and look at a picture it. of her real quick. Yeah,
1: I am too, actually. Because this is interesting. Like, I-, I double-checked it before we
2: came on. I found a picture of Nanami and Mickey together. Mickey totally has white on the outside. Nanami does not. Like, it's just peach or skin tone and then purple.
0: Yeah, it definitely – most most of these images, it's just like the color of her skin. I think maybe there's one or two when she's in heavy shadow where it looks like there's a little bit of white around it. But yeah, for the most part, she doesn't have whites of her eyes. That's very strange.
2: Yeah, I was I thinking guess- –
0: Skin is really white, but all of them are really white. I don't know.
2: Right? Do you think it could be because she was never in the manga?
0: Ooh. Interesting like maybe, theory.
2: Yeah, like maybe just some weird thing. Whoever came up with Nanami decided to
1: do. Well, or does it doesn't. I mean, does it make her eyes look bigger? I feel like it makes her eyes look a little bigger. Um...
0: Alice, real quick, I just need to to pot, uh, put in here that for some reason in my search results for Nana Mae Kiryu is a picture of like a humanized version of Bon Bon from My Little Pony. Anyway, let's, we can continue.
1: Very good.
0: I don't know why that's there, but.
1: Amazing. I mean, maybe the intention there was like, we want, because in universe, Naminé's whole thing is that like, she's, the super pretty one, who everyone looks up to. Maybe they were trying to overemphasize. Like, do you emphasize that in subtle ways? You know, I guess that would make sense.
0: Yeah, I don't. I think I don't know what I think. I was hoping that I would have something to say at the end of that <laughs> sentence, and it never got there. That's how it is sometimes. Yep. But I think that's really interesting. And given how many pictures of Naname I've looked at in my life, I'm very surprised <laughs> that I never noticed this before. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things where like your brain just fills in the detail that you expect to see mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I can um, see that actually.
2: Big old purple eyes. Does anyone
1: know why she's not in the manga? Um, I don't know that Sorry. we know exactly, but I can speculate and... The biggest reason I would say, and speculating, is that the manga doesn't have the same sort of like it's it's not moving at the same pace. It has it's it's right. gets rid of a lot of stuff. And if you were looking at Revolutionary Girl Utsuna and asking yourself, "What in here is something I can cut completely without losing any of the actual plot?" She's the I hate to say this. I know it's, you're not gonna like it, panda, mm. but she's the <laughs> thing I would cut because. You can get rid of her and not lose any plot. Well, you lose a lot of the character. You lose a lot of some really great stuff. You lose one of my favorite episodes, but you also don't lose, like she's not necessarily important to the plot in the way that taking her out of the story physically derails it.
0: And I agree. I think that uh, part of the problem is that like, with the manga you have to tell a little more of a straightforward or at least Saito was trying to tell a, like a slightly more straightforward story and that involves cutting down the cast of characters mm-hmm. and when like cuz having a manga with a huge cast of characters is very difficult and lots of people try and fail tremendously so I can understand why stuff like Naname or like some stuff from the Black Rose arc I, is there, I don't know that there's manga stuff for the Black Rose arc I thought there was a chapter but I don't remember there was like a bonus
1: that. chapter mm-hmm. if I remember correctly I mean I could speculate in an in-universe way um, but oh I think it's really just because you know Saito is, Saito had to get the heart of the story and as much of the basics as she could in writing what amounts to a really a different story and Naname, was, but however you say her name was just the least structurally necessary Jingle blog.
0: And I feel like she would be a little out of place <laughs> in Saito's manga. Because there's, like, there's comic relief in the manga, but a lot of it comes from Toga, weirdly enough.
1: Yeah, and also, like, the ne- necessity for her style of comic relief is a little less because, like, we you desperately need something that's funny in the, in the show. But in the manga, it's more like shoujo romance tension, which is distinctly less tense. Yeah, I mean, I have my own time loop theory about why Naname is not there, but that's whatever.
0: (laughs) What would you say it is about Utna and Anthe that make them your principal favorite characters? Uh, Well,
2: definitely the hair color. Do you guys know of Jim and the Holograms?
0: Do I ever? I love Jim and the
1: Holograms. Uh, (laughs) Jim and the Holograms Uh, is very good.
2: Good. Oh, I, I'm glad you guys feel that way. I'm a huge fan of *Gem and the Holograms*. Um, like I collect the dolls. I have the ones by Hasbro, the ones by Integrity Toys. Um, but I, I have one that, of the Integrity. Oh, which one do you have?
0: I have Techrat. I love him. He's my horrible trash son.
1: Uh, oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Your favorites are always so problematic.
0: I know, I'm a problem. <sighs>
1: uh,
0: but anyway, yeah, back to the, the hair colors. Right.
2: Well, I know part of that is what appealed to me because I had already liked Jim the Holograms when I was little. And Jem had pink hair, Utina had pink hair, Shayna had purple, Anthony had purple and was dark skinned. Um, and then you have Sal and Toga red and green, Kimber and Pizzazz. Um, so that's really what kind of appealed to me too. But I think just like their friendship part was what really stuck out to me too with them. And I never like when I was younger really looked at them as a couple. Like kinda, yeah, they might be girlfriends, but nothing too hardcore. But they don't really hint to anything until later on when um oh, who is that one kid that Nanami has following her around?
1: Oh, um, I mean, I think I just called him like manservant Chan.
0: Yeah, you call him manservant Chan. I'm trying to remember his name because I know that I, I know that I know it. Um, I ap- apologize to everybody for having <laughs> dropped something while I was talking, but um,
1: he's a really annoying punchable kind of name. Yeah, that's Mitsuru. a punchable name. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right. he's in the dub, and always goes meet Suru. Yeah, that's
1: just such a punchable name. He has such a punchable boy. I want to bully him. But,
2: he is very bullyable. Yeah, um, I can't. Uh, I'm not quite sure where I was going with that. Uh, other than they're like, "Oh yeah, we do adult stuff, don't we?" Let's do it tonight. And then that just kind of confirmed it. Oh
0: bit. yeah, that's such a good scene.
1: I still, I, I'm not over that scene to this day. <laughs> it's like that whole episode. We didn't unpack the episode the way it deserved to be unpacked because I don't think we were capable of doing
0: We so. were a little horrified because it's a very horny episode. Mm-hmm.
1: It, it, it is unbearably yeah. horny. There's a, I mean, there's a lot to talk about there and some, there's some really interesting things there. But like you kind of have to go into it like not seeing it for the first time and I was seeing it for the first time and I was just not really prepared for how horny it it's constant. <laughs> uh, it's true. And uh, wow, when we were
2: watching the movie, um, or the bootleg version of the movie on VHS tape,
1: the
0: movie I, is very. The movie is also very horny.
2: Yeah, my dad was watching it with us too, and then of course the ending has them going down the road naked. Yeah. He, he didn't think anything of it. He's like, oh yeah, like you guys don't have to be embarrassed. It's totally cool.
0: So wait, so did your dad also watch Utsuna? You said that he was with you when you got the, when you started picking up the VHS tapes.
2: he, um, He did watch it. He at least watched the first box set of the English dub and then whatever bootleg VHS tapes we bought then. But he didn't see it. In its entirety.
0: What did your da- I, if you know, what did your dad think of And I'm very curious. Oh,
2: he, he liked it. He got a kick out of um, the Monotomy episode where she was trying to put the snails and the pencil box and the octopus in the bag or the drawer or whatever. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: oh, that's what that, honestly, that is one of the best episodes yeah. of the show, in my opinion.
2: And I think he appreciated the curry high trip episode because the three um male students i don't know if they have a name they like to me they kind of reminded me of um who are they like larry and mo and some other oh the three stooges (laughs) i think that's really funny
0: they are kind of like japanese three stooges I don't think they are ever given names i don't know if they have names but they do i never learned them or i did and i forgot which is equally likely
2: oh and then i think he got a kick out of the shadow girls in the movie because they're like did you know did you or even in the series did you know did you know um i remember him getting a kick out of that too
0: Oh yeah, I love the Shadow Girls. I like, I like to say that Alice and I are the Shadow Girls of the Utena fandom. Uh,
1: eventually, in some far off time, we will finally get our matching tattoos of the Shadow Girls. Oh,
0: we are gonna get cool. tattoos of the Shadow Girls. We were supposed to do that for the anniversary, but of the podcast for the two year anniversary of doing the podcast. But I was out of town, and then. The holidays happened, and now we're here, and we still haven't done it. I'm going to have to shave it. That would
2: be so cool. But yeah,
0: we're going to get matching tattoos, and it's going to be really great. And I will definitely post pictures online.
2: Do it. Um, oh, and actually, I just had a random thought, too. Um, Brandon, my boyfriend, he wanted to watch Utena because of the link with Steven Universe and Rebecca Sugar.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've talked a lot about Rebecca yeah. Sugar on this show because I love Steven Universe.
2: Me too. It's a shame that they have to keep gapping
0: everything out. Yeah. Did you notice that uh, Pretty. there was a recent episode where uh, I think, I don't remember if it was in the most recent, but uh, in some recent episodes uh, Connie had Anthe's little hair kind of a little bit.
2: Uh, I'm not going to lie. I might have. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but I'm sure I would have noticed it if I
0: it's a little more subtle than like an outright uh replica of Anthy's hairdo, but she gets her hair cut short and it's like kind of curled at the end the way Anthe's is and it's cute and I was like I had a moment where I was like, oh, that's Anthe hair.
2: <laughs> um before I forget to mention it, have you guys ever thought oh, I can't think of their names now, um, the two black roads boys. Like the male version of Uten and Andy. have you ever thought that might be like another time loop, and they kind of met, or like they're in those. yeah?
0: Same, same I together? mean, well, they clearly exist out sort outside of like. I feel like it's. I I don't really know how to explain Black Rose arc, but it doesn't really exist because because it does and does not I exist. Mean, I can explain they, it in
1: time loops.
0: <laughs> do you do you want to explain it, Alice? <laughs>
1: I think it's a mistake to think of the Black Rose Arc as a kind of itself a time loop. What's best to think of is that so okay, so you could see each iteration of itself as a time loop, right? Mm-hmm. That seems to sure. be the one that I mostly do. Now, what you could see the black art rose arc as is a kind of intrusion of another iteration into this iteration. Like, so here's the real linear chronology. You have the it's this little weird little project is begun with with the students to find eternity to sort of like to reach whatever that point is. Um, it fails. The fire happens. It burns down. Something happens to those people. We don't entirely know. That's in the past. Then we get to you know Otori today. That's kind of the linear, but. In between that, I feel like what we're seeing is in the rose arc in the black rose arc. Akio, I think Akio still has control over. Uh, oh God, what's his name? Um, what's what's the name of the, the the guy who's in charge of the, of the institute thingy?
0: Um, Namoro. N- um, Nomuro? he has
1: pink hair and he he loves holy Night Anthony.
0: Oh yeah. Um. I mean, I that's, it uh... He's
1: not Mamma Mia, he's the other one. It starts
2: swimming at I'm right. gonna...
1: Maybe. Uh, I'm gonna give him a new name. He's, okay. I don't know, he's that guy. No,
2: I'm gonna, I know what
0: it is. Okay,
1: I'm, you can find out, but I'm just gonna call him Dr. Strangelo So, like, okay, so they give Dr. So Dr. Strangelove, I don't think, actually gets out of Akio's no, control. No,
0: no, no, that's not his name. I got it. What'd you get? I know what his name is. It's Mikage. Mikage, that's
1: it. Yeah, so I, I don't know. think Mikage really escaped... Akio. I think what happened to Makage is that we, as a failed, kind of a failed prince, he ends up stuck in Otori's bubble. And I think he's basically just sort of like almost a hammer space. Akio could just pull him out of his failed timeline whenever he wants to, just sort of like throw him at things. And we get Black Art, Rose Art, he's like, well, I need to sort of test Utena. I would like to see if Utena is really worth investing time in. So he pulls Makage out of his miserable hell space and throws him without enough memories to really know what's going on into this bubble, like briefly into another timeline so that he can just sort of like test Utena. And as soon as he's done, he gets soaked back into hammer space. His timeline is basically put on pause. So he is kind of his own, but he's also not entirely his own. He's probably honestly he's probably done this with Makage a-, a bunch of times. He probably uses Makage or somebody like Makage to test at p- new princes all the time.
0: I'm I'm pretty sure I mean there's obviously like there was the first try for whatever was happening with uh the real Mamiya, and then Tetsa Memorial Hall burned down and then I think that's when he got... I think that's when he got stuck, kind of, like you were talking about.
1: Yeah, like, I guess you can also sort of see that... One of the things that's interesting to me about, like, Makage, by the way, is that we, talk, we talked about him as a sort of a failed prince, a kind of a false utana, but, like, you know, where was, like, Akio and, and Anthe's relationship to Makage in his own sort of time is continuous at best like there's a weird like it almost feels as if instead of being caught up in their bullshit and that's what he did wrong it almost feels like he was trying to do something he shouldn't have done like on his own and they just sort of picked him up at from the global like sort of the universal detritus like here's that here's the person who, who flew too close to the sun he's just ours now we don't have anything to do with him he's just you know He's laying here, thrown out of the universe.
0: Mikage is definitely one of the under-analyzed characters in Utena, and like in my experience, as far as fandom goes,
1: yeah, he really, he really is.
0: Terry, uh, Terry what would you say is your favorite arc of the show? Because it's in we've got uh, the student council arc and the Black Rose arc, and then the last two. Empty uh, Movement has uh, bullied the rest of the internet into separating the last uh, big chunk of the show into two separate arcs, even though technically the last one's only a handful of episodes long. But that's the Apocalypse arc right. and the Akiotori arc. I got those backwards, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> but what would you say is your favorite arc of the show?
2: Probably the first arc, I can't remember. Oh, Student Council, right? Is that what they call it? The Student Council arc? Yeah,
0: the Student Council arc is really strong.
2: It is. Um, I would probably say that's my favorite just because of the memories I have with it. I definitely dislike the Black Rose arc. It just something about it. Um, I mean, it's alright. I, I appreciate the spooky aspect of it. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe because it's so repetitive with the duelist and mm-hmm. i don't know just something about the black rose arc i don't care for
0: i do wish that there was like maybe some sort of like Utena spin-off where there was it like it was able to put the characters in like a spookier situation kind of like that because i think that's a really interesting direction to go in but then they do kind of like go away from that after Black Rose is over. And it's just sort of like, okay, well, that was an interesting uh, Mm -hmm. detour in our story.
1: Yeah, Black Rose is probably my favorite arc. But at the same time, I 100% understand why nobody else seems to to love it like I do. Because there's a lot there not to love. Mm -hmm. Um, The repetition is the big one. Like, that bothers even me. Cause that's when it's like more repetition
0: repetitive gets than up. any other part of the show. And part of the staple of this show is that it is very repetitive.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it, it's where the repetitive is weaker and it's weaker mostly because the first time we let it go, because it was like, you know, it was, it was just one, one thing that's really repetitive or re- repeated the second time through, not only is, are they just made a new thing only to repeat it, But they repeated even more, like a longer thing. And they also made some of the actual duels themselves are really weak visually. And so you lose a lot of the charm and the artistry that makes some of the duels in the first arc work. Um, Like some of the duels in the Black Rose arc are awesome. But then you have duels that are just, why is this here if it was going to be this bad, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: Can you imagine if we had had to have a uh, oh, I'm trying to think there's a character that I'm trying to imagine, like a ridiculous side character I'm trying to imagine being in a duel, but like for some reason the name escapes me. You don't
2: mean to do I'm gonna
0: abandon that joke. But, man, like, there I, when it comes to like making duels for side characters oh, what if like those three guys had to be oh, in a duel? Yeah,
2: that would have been cool.
0: That would be kind of interesting, actually, actually. Now that, that would I be great. It. It, sounds, it sounds less stupid now that I actually talk about it. It sounds just more like it could be either really interesting or really silly. And I'm v- really down with either of those. Wouldn't they like, put
1: a lot of their animation budget into making a three-on-one duel for that episode.
0: That's probably why they didn't do it.
1: Yeah, that would have been so tight, though. That
2: would have been like, all three could have been going at her together. And then maybe they could have all gone oh,
1: have oh, you know what it would have been like? It would have been like the episode with um, the dancing choreograph stuff from Eva.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, it would. That would have been neat. Yeah. It would have, That would have been a good thing to waste on three-bit characters that no one cares <laughs> about.
1: It would have been the most Utina. It would have been the most Utina thing they could have done, honestly.
0: <laughs> but anyway, okay. Um, what else would we like to talk about in regards to Utina?
2: Um, I, I was thinking, are we 100% sure that Akio is the prince? Or, like, I, I guess there's one part I don't, I never understood about Utana. Did Akio, like, did the prince of spirit go into Akio?
1: Were they two totally different people? Or, am I allowed to answer just using the show, or can I answer using all of the various media? I
0: you can answer however you want Alice, right. it's our show, we do what we if want If it's just
1: the show, then God only knows, but probably They're Just, the prince Got shitty If you, if you include the manga However, the manga is very Explicit about it And then the manga, they are Separate personalities mm-hmm. And in the manga It's, the prince was A god and he he had sort of he's sort of like a god in more of the Norse sense that he has limits, and he expends all of his power and energy doing good and helping people and giving of himself even when he shouldn't, and eventually reached the point where he could not do that any longer, which we see in the show, and in the manga it's 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 sort of implied basically that like Akio is a kind of after image of his godly life force that when the, when Dios sort of began to fade, Akio began to be born and that when Dios finally just sort of like became silent and un and unable to do anything, Akio is now the one kind of becoming a new person in a very literal way. Whereas in the anime, to me, it seems implied that they're kind of the same person. He just, like, became a different person in a more figurative sense.
0: I think that the anime implies that they are the same person. That Akio was originally Dio's and had these powers. And then the stuff happened with, like... Anthy, and the Swords of Hate, and whatever, and I think what it was is, uh, wasn't that, like, Akia, or, uh, that Dios, like, became too, like, ex- like, physically and, uh, mystically exhausted from, yeah. like, fighting all the evils of the world, or whatever, and yeah, like, because uh, he's, like,
1: He's practically dying. Yeah,
0: he was like dying, and then uh, Anthony wouldn't let anybody see him, and then she got blamed for him dying or whatever, mm-hmm. and then swords of hate, and somehow somewhere along the line he becomes Akio. It's never, it's not really clear when the transition from Akio or from Dios to Akio happened.
1: Now, I guess it's probably a good idea to say at this point, like as much as I talk about the time loop thing, because it's fun and and I enjoy it, we should never really poke the facts of Uthna too much because they're always, they they are designed to make sense in a kind of lateral sideways thinking kind of way. Um, We can understand in a conceptual way, the idea of like, you know, things can change us. And we, so we can kind of get the outline of, you know, dios and Akio being the same yet different. And we can parse to get, we can parse apart, like, exactly how that works, but it's always going to be kind of nebulous. There's always a sense in which, you know, we have to read it in terms of this was never meant to be pick a particle.
0: Well, and also, like, Mikahara is notoriously, wishy-washy on what anything means right like literally anything and he does this on purpose because he is literally death of the author
1: i was about to say you say that as if he's like being wishy-washy really ikihara is just so devoted to the idea of the death of the author That he's deliberately misleading people in order to keep them from using him as a source.
0: I guess when I say wishy-washy, what I mean is, like, he'll say one thing and then sometimes go back and say another thing about that same thing. Mm -hmm. That, like, contradicts the previous thing. But yeah, he is being deliberately obtuse and deliberately... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Deliberately...
1: Uh, difficult?
0: Dif- da, I, I, that wasn't the word, <laughs> but I'm going to go with difficult because he is deliberately difficult. Yeah,
1: he's, he's he's like, he's deliberately obtuse. Mm-hmm. He's obfuscating his own thoughts solely so that he can keep you from using, mining him for details. Either because he is so devoted to the idea that you shouldn't or because, I mean, let's be real, it's fun as hell.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, wouldn't you drag people, tug people along for 20 years about what your art means just for the hell of it? I mean, I would. I
0: don't know that I would, but I
2: can appreciate the urge to do so. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you think Utena will ever come back in anime form?
0: I would love... For her too, I would love if there was some way to remake the Utana anime that wouldn't be terrible. Right.
1: Yes, but not anime form. You know, we have this thing now called a Netflix. Video. Oh yeah. That'd be no, cool. don't
0: you fucking don't you speak <laughs> those cursed words? I'm so I I legitimately I had like a viscerally angry reaction to that.
1: Ah. I'm telling you, they look, they've already done that, they've already done Death Zone. They're doing Cowboy Bebop. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Uh, don't remind me. I don't want to think about it.
1: Look, bad things come in threes. It's it it, it if it's our time to go, Panda, it's our time <laughs> to go. And I think that sometime in the next four years, it's gonna be our time to go on this one.
0: I saw a fake image that somebody uh, made that was like a mock-up of an Utsuna movie, like a uh, an advertisement for an Utena by Michael Bay movie, uh-huh. <laughs> which is c- clearly insane. Mm. Because as anyone knows, th- Zack Snyder would be the one to do the horrible live-action Utsuna movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. It would be all flash and no substance. Mm-hmm. Instead of all flash and all
1: substance. This is how Utsuna really ends Not with a bang,
2: but with a whimper.
1: <laughs> Aww. I mean, I, I joke, but, like, I do think it is not impossible for that to be, unfortunately.
0: What I mean, Batman like Angel happens. Alita is getting a, like, big live-action movie, and that's something that I never thought that I would see.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do think it's not outside the realm of possibility – because, if I were going to make it a, a, a sort of a case for it happening, um, we are seeing that they're, they're not just doing newer properties. They're doing legacy properties that are like the, like the sort of the, the big untouchable things, like Cowboy Bebop. Like, who picks Cowboy Bebop? Nothing, the sort of nothing is sacred idea, but also some deep cuts like Battle Angel Alita. So, it's not impossible, why would they do it? Well, Utna just kind of keeps coming up. Like it, it's been bigly. It's it's been kind of influential with you know Rebecca Sugar, um, and she's not the only one who's brought up Utna, who is on a project that's made a lot of money and that's gotten a lot of attention. And I think that what we're getting is sort of a we're in a, we're in a position where more creators who are influenced by Utna are making things now and that's going to drive what people sort of want to work on you know it's it's why we got the comic book movies because those people are the ones that were influenced by comics like 20 years ago like i would love to see
0: like a like a sailor moon crystal version of uh revolutionary girl Utena, but like and what I mean by that is uh, because I feel like there are some people who don't like Crystal who could misconstrue what I mean by that. Right. What I mean is with like an updated with updated animation and an updated art style and maybe a bit of like, I don't know, I guess I do want to say slimming down. But I also feel like if you slim down the anime story, you lose things. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's you can't treat it. You cannot treat it like a linear story. I don't know. I, I, honestly, we might do an episode on that at one point um, because it's interesting, and also I think there's enough there to talk about that's worth talking about. But I
0: bet Geo and Yasha would yeah, like have some ideas about like, what an
1: Utsuna reboot would look like. What is, again, what even is an alternate? An mm.
0: But um, did we want to cover anything else before we wrap up?
2: I've too got a few more like oddball questions that nobody yeah. has. Um, or at least one. Why the number thirty-nine for episodes? Why didn't they round it to forty, or why didn't they finish at like thirty-five? That's a good question.
0: Because I don't know that I've ever thought about it. I was just like, yeah, there's thirty-nine episodes of Uta.
2: Unless maybe. But it is
0: sort of a strange number to end on.
2: Unless maybe they counted the movie as forty, but I can't really them doing...
0: We counted the movie as 40 when we were doing episodes, but...
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, I don't know, because Christy Marks... I mean, American and Japanese, totally different, but when Christy Marks was talking about Gem, she had mentioned that 65 was kind of just the average run for a cartoon.
0: I believe 65 is, like, the... Isn't 65 the magic number for distribution where they can, uh... Like syndicate it. Uh, I don't know. It has to do with like the ability to like run a certain number of episodes a week or something, oh, and cycle through it. I heard that once many years ago, but I don't uh, remember much about it. But I know that sixty-five is a pretty popular number for syndication. I can
1: see two explanations that I think really compel me. The first is that Ichihara is being very cheeky about numerology symbolism. And the second is that the first the first season was did well enough to warrant a second season, but also did not warrant did not do well enough to warrant the same size of season. Um, so, you know, that's always a possibility because dudes enough did decently well, but it, did it do well enough for us to order entirely like, you know, maybe like, do you do you make cuts to it? Because the first one wasn't 20. I think it was actually like 26.
0: I don't remember. I don't
1: know. The other one is he could be being cheeky. They they could have been being cheeky about 40 um, because it tends to have symbolic importance in the same schemes of meaning that um, they're also pulling for for with a lot of their flighty, meaningless sort of symbolism in the background to confuse you. And maybe it was just, like, the the movie is episode 40, and now we're twenty. Hmm, maybe.
0: Hmm, perhaps. I don't know much about, like, numbers. I've never been good at math. But also, I don't know very much about, like, significant numbers.
2: Right. So, well,
0: ha- I don't really know how that would tie
2: in. Because I know Utena kind of ties to tarot cards a little bit. The 39th tarot card, according to Google, is the Hermit. I don't know if that would have anything to do with it. Like maybe Anthe being a mermaid? I doubt it,
0: but that's an interesting I mean, coincidence.
1: I mean, it, it does have some minor significance as far as um, basic numerology, some various forms of numerology go, but not like a lot of significance. Mm-hmm. So, I have no
2: idea. And then why did they air the very last episode on
1: Christmas Eve? Because that one I think is just a, a matter of incidental timing.
0: Christmas is a romantic (laughs) holiday in Japan and Anthea and Utena are in love. Next question. (laughs) Um, No, I I mean, that is is my like off the cuff answer, but um, my other answer was going to be that it was a Christmas miracle. Um, I don't know, but I like it. It is sort of a, just sort of a nice warm idea of like it being on Christmas not that it be t- took place on Christmas, but just that like Anthe's free on Christmas.
1: hmm
2: mm-hmm.
0: nice. What do you think,
1: Alice? I do have I mean, do you want me to give you like some kind of weird galaxy brain thing? Because I can actually do that.
0: I mean, yeah, sure.
1: Whose sword is it? As in Who is the sword it belong to?
0: Well, it's the sword of Dios. But it's okay, in, it's in
1: No, no, no. You're going too far. It's just the sort of Dios. Dios comes up a lot. We know what Dios means. So if we give, this is the galaxy brain. I've done it. I've I've contributed the sum total of my knowledge here. If we do all the letters of the alphabet, like A equals one, B equals two, et cetera, um, 39 actually spells out the French word for God, which would be, which would be do. do, I don't know how to say that because French is a fake language. Um, French is all over Utana, and um, Dios is a character of the show. And Dios's nature is integral inter- to understanding Akio, who is the Morning Star. So there you go. <laughs> There's my galaxy brain contribution. I like it. No,
2: wasn't somebody saying that <laughs> it was no longer like somewhere in the middle of Utana that the sword changed, and it wasn't. The sword of Dios anymore.
0: I don't. I don't know that it changed, but it does. The sequence where they're pulling the sword changes mm-hmm. from Utana pulling the sword from Anthe to Anthe pulling the sword from Utana.
1: If it changes, it's not reflected in the subs that Zomi has up. Um, but also, again, those subs have changed.
0: Yeah, I don't I think the sword um, itself ch- stays the I thought, same, it too. I thought it probably
2: I thought it was a guest that was on the show or maybe the ladies of empty
1: movement mentioned that it was no longer a
0: if anyone would
1: know it would be them but yeah we'll, we'll, we can ask them at some point I do know that they did slightly change how they talked about the end of the world. And they talked about some other things that the translations are, need to be fixed. But I don't think that one changed.
0: No, I think it's always been the sort of thought, so too. I thought, Or at least I think that's what they always call it.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't think it was actually mentioned in the show. I just remember somebody on the podcast. I could have sworn they, somebody mentioned it, but maybe not.
0: Maybe someone did. As we all know, at the end of every episode, I dump out all information that I accrued while we were recording. So I have no idea.
1: (laughs) It's actually kind of (laughs) true. Yeah,
0: I hate that it is true. I don't know why that's how it happens. It's just my brain goes out of podcast mode and suddenly it's like I've forgotten everything.
2: Uh, I do have one.
0: But, uh... Yes, I was going to ask you if you yep, had one more. Just
2: one last, I guess, maybe kind of food for thought type thing. If Utena had, or if Revolutionary Girl Utena had been brought to the U.S. to be aired on TV, how many episodes do you think would have been aired?
0: Actually, the Utena was aired in the U.S. It aired on Sci-Fi. Oh, I heard we that. found that out while we were recording. The show. Yeah, I,
2: I guess I mean more like, you know, Fox or Cartoon Network they
0: were to air it like Ooh, oh boy 90s, um they could have
1: black art black rose art would not have made it they it would have been the student council yeah arc. they
0: could have maybe done the whole student council arc and i feel like that would have been it i feel like after that point there would have been too much to cut and they just would not have done it
2: yeah I,
0: <laughs> but yeah. in a way it wouldn't have been that bad for american tv watching audiences if it had just been the black or uh if it had just been the student council arc because like the student council arc wraps up kind of nicely like you still have more you can tell there's still more story and you want more story but like it it kind of makes its own complete story arc that like can sort of sit on its own outside of the rest of it whereas if you take something like black rose arc or any of the rest of the show like you can't really do that Mm -hmm.
2: i agree it could have only been the 13 maybe they could have kind of like finagled a few more past the black rose arc like with heavy editing or whatever like combining two or three episodes together like what they did with sailor moon in the beginning but outside of that only student council i think would have been aired
0: yeah it i uh a four kids yeah. style dub of Utena would is kind of horrifying to think about it it it's very funny, <laughs> but also like I can't even imagine
2: yeah, it would have been awful I, I mean I know there's that whole thing Earth most kiss, whatever, but
0: yeah actually um we were talking about that last night with Gio and Yasha we were talking about uh, Ursula's kiss cause um, they recently Gio and Yasha recently found some uh, extra some like some more art from Saito that apparently was the inspiration for Saito's kiss
2: oh cool
0: or not Saito's kiss. The, Saito's kiss was the post that uh, they made on the MT movement Tumblr. But uh, Ursula's kiss. Apparently, one of the reasons Ursula's kiss was get, uh, was a thing was because uh, they had gotten a hold of some of Saito's original production stuff before Utana really became what it was, and so that's why there's all this weird stuff. But um, I think that sort of uh, I think that sort of does it. For, for our episode if you guys are ready to wrap up. I, I've
2: got one last thing, I promise.
1: I'll let you go. Yeah, I need to bounce here. For-
0: okay, well, Alice okay. has to go, but I am free to answer your question or respond to your whatever you have. <laughs> well, <it's-
1: laughs> okay, sorry about that. I'll see you later.
2: Bye. Bye, Alice. Um, okay, so, just what's up? One thing like, I guess, to go back in time. I remember buying the movie on dvd when it first came out from best buy and thinking it was really odd i think it's like 2002 um that they brought the movie out without dubbing the rest of the series
0: i didn't know that the until we until you brought it up on this episode i didn't know that the movie was brought over before the rest of the show it's that is really it's really strange <laughs> I don't know why I, they would do that, but I guess maybe because they just wanted to make some profit for the movie.
2: Right. I'm pretty sure they did. And that might be why we have that clip on the um, DVD where like, it's kind of transitioning from that review episode of the Student Council to the Black Rose where they put a note saying "the." preview or whatever, was never dubbed in English.
0: Yeah. Yeah, probably.
2: But maybe they thought they would kind of do like what Sailor Moon did back when and just kind of stop, dub the movies, then coincidentally pick back up later.
0: It could have been an attempt to drum up more interest in the series because the movie... Although I don't know if I recommend watching it without having seen the series. You can (laughs) technically watch it without having seen the series. Right. Because it's sort of its own self-contained thing. So it could have been that they wanted to drum up more hype for the series or get people more interested in the series so that way they could justify bringing more of it over. Because Ujina is a really strange series. We've talked to... Gio and Yasha from MT movement about how Ikahara basically had to trick uh, investors into letting him make this crazy show by lying to them about mm-hmm. how it was going to be. He told them it was going to be much more, uh, much more what you would have expected of some sort of magical girl type anime than it ended up being. So it was probably a, uh, I, I can imagine that it was not the easiest task to get it brought over here.
2: Oh, it's not definitely. as
0: marketable as Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball Z. Right. Although I do remember seeing ads for the manga when in the back of other manga that I read as a kid.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember that, too.
0: But yeah, so I guess um, with that... I guess it's time for us to wrap up. Alice is gone. So I'll do her part of the outro for her. If you like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at UtsinaCast. If you like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanata. Terry, do you have anything on the internet that you would like to promote? I don't know to what extent you do social media. I'm pretty sure you, we've talked on Twitter before.
2: We have, I'm not really too savvy with Twitter. I'll jump on every once in a great while, but I'm more active on Instagram. But people can follow me if they want. My name on Instagram is Terterb. It's T-E-R-T-E-R underscore B.
0: And if you would like to follow us on Tumblr, you can do that at Imagine tumblr.com Tumblr is uh, mostly a wasteland now after the porn purge, but we are still there. I think, I don't know if we had any flagged posts. I would have to look at that. I don't really, uh, I hadn't checked since the purge happened, but uh, if you'd like to email us, you can do that at imaginemeandutena at gmail.com. That's where you can tell us if you would like to come on the show and talk about, Your history with Utana, or your favorite character or just anything Utana. We'll do an episode about anything. We did an episode about Evangelion and that's not even about (laughs) (laughs) Utana. But um, we are a Patreon-supported podcast and we love and appreciate all of our patrons. I know some of you have fics that are supposed to be... In your hands soon. I will make sure that happens. Things got a little crazy towards the end of the year, and we haven't really been able to get a handle on that. But we should be getting the. You should be getting those soon. And uh, thank you to everyone. And I think that does us for this week. So revolutionize the world, everybody. Bye. Alice is in here. To see you later. So I'm gonna do it for. Her. See you later.